0: Your sugar cravings with delicious all natural bossa
1: The Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Colleen. My name is Bridget. We are going to be talking to two of the change makers. In the menopause world, Dr. Stephanie Fabian, who is not only works with the Mayo Clinic and the Women's Health Center, but also is one of the directors for North American Menopause Society and also Anne Garnier, who has been in the healthcare industry for decades. She started Lisa Health and in combination with the Mayo Clinic, they are now Midday Health. And we're going to talk about all of those things, Midday Health being a telehealth company, that is connected with the Mayo Clinic and works a lot with artificial intelligence and digital, like your Fitbit, in order to track symptoms of menopause. We spoke to them on Menopause Day, which was October 18th. They had just finished the North American Menopause Society Conference for 2022. So there was a lot of information that we got to catch up on. I had just returned from my 30th anniversary. So I will say that a lot of what I say sounds garbled because I was beyond tired from jet I, I can't
0: believe she was even able to stand up, but by golly, she was a <laughs> champ. It was the week that we had our event, the Marvelous Mrs. Menopause. It was actually that morning. No, it was the day before the event. Right. But we had a lot of work ahead of us, and Colleen had, I
1: mean, just flown in that night. From I was Europe, like so. I was mentally just not even in my body. I don't even know how <laughs> we got through that week. But with Bridget's help, I somehow managed to get to this interview. And it's really interesting. You know, Dr. Fabian, it knows cutting edge everything that is happening in menopause right now when it comes to research and science. And it's fascinating to talk to her. So we're going to have a great conversation about the advancements in menopause, as well as what Midday can offer for women going through this journey. And what we can offer you actually is our fourth annual holiday giveaways. And we are actually, when this airs, on our last bundle, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. I can't believe how quickly it went through. Bundle number four is going to be Skin and Beauty. And we have products from some of the most amazing brands in the mature skin world. Brands like Laura Geller, Coswell Aging, Care Beauty. Midday was generous enough to offer a one-year subscription in each of our bundles. And talk about being able to get your questions answered. But if you haven't entered yet, for the fourth and final holiday bundle of this year for Hot Flashes and Cool Topics giveaways, you can go to our website, Hot and you will find an easy way to just click and enter. You can also follow us on Instagram, Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, where you will be have a link in the stories and a link in our bio. Make sure to enter, make sure to tell your friends to enter because this bundle. Is just an incredible. I mean, I, we probably have about ten brands in there. Yes, and it's, it's just it's a
0: great one. Skincare is so important, and it's really amazing how different products as you age work better for your skin. So it's you know sometimes it's time to change it up a little bit. Um, I can't rely on the good old Noxema that I used to use. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just doesn't work the same that that it used to when I was. 17 or 18, you know, got to go beyond Noxema and And Clinique (laughs) and all the drying stuff I used to use on my skin because I felt like it was so oily. Now it's all about replenishing
1: the moisture right. It's like getting you know, a, getting the yes. moisture back in. Back so,
0: into the skin. All that stuff that they took away when I was younger, I need it back now. Bring it back. Yes. And if you are
1: still looking for holiday gifts, which I am, oh yeah. you can check out our gift guide for midlife women. It's also on our website, com. We have like 30 plus pages of gifts that, so you'll find something for everyone. We are really, we had a good time putting that mm-hmm. together and Bridget and I have shopped for many of the yes, gifts. Yes, we
0: have. Yes, I can't wait. I've got
1: a few more to come in. I'm so excited. I know. So, yes. <laughs> okay. We're going to talk to Dr. Stephanie Fabian and Anne Garnier. So let's get started with the interview. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. Today we are really excited to have on the show with us two change makers in the menopause world, Dr. Stephanie Fabian and Anne Garnier. Welcome to the show,
2: ladies. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks for having us.
1: Well, we wanted to start off talking a little bit about the North American Menopause Society uh, conference that took place last weekend. So Dr. Fabian, if you could tell us your role in the North American Menopause Society and what was learned this past weekend that might be new to some of our listeners.
2: Uh, well, thank you for that question. So uh, my role with the North American Menopause Society is I'm medical director, and I also am director at Mayo Clinic Women's Health. Um, so, you know, it was a very exciting uh, conference, and we learned the latest and greatest on on uh, what's new out there with regard to cardiovascular risk and, um, and hormones and uh, topics like the brain and sleep and... Uh, we reviewed our new 2022 hormone therapy position statement, so it was just jam-packed full of several days of new information.
1: The statement has changed a little bit as far as hormone replacement therapy. Can you let our listeners know how it's been updated?
2: Well, it really hasn't changed. Um, the recommendation remains that uh, hormone therapy the benefits uh, tend to outweigh the risks for those women who are under the age of within 10 years of menopause onset and that was emphasized again in the statement and then some of the uh, scientific studies that were used to back up uh, those recommendations were updated so we have a little bit of new information but the overall recommendation didn't change and fortunately women can be reassured um, that hormone therapy remains a good option for them uh, if they're having symptoms during menopause.
0: You know that is such a, people are or women a lot of women still go back to the Women's Health Initiative. That bad news, it was at 2002 or 2003, it is still traveling and women are still listening to that. What can we do to get this word out to women that the message from NAMS uh, and the HRT findings that were found years ago as well, what can we do to get that word out?
2: Well, you know, that's a complicated issue. I think it has to do with education of our medical providers, and it also has to do with education of women. Um, And although that message has been out there for a decade, aid um at least we still haven't been able to break through and with that understanding for the for the general public um so i think we need to continue doing things like we're doing today um to try to get the message out to women um but also we need to shore up our education of providers and that's the primary role of the north american menopause society is to make sure that we're educating providers in terms of um what what is the standard for menopause management in 2022
3: I mean, we do now, fortunately, we have, you know, quite, quite um, a few more companies coming into the menopause space. And I think that's a role that we can all play and um, be responsible in disseminating, you um, Science-backed and evidence-based information to women, uh, because our consumer reach um, can be broader often than that of you know medical institutions um, and providers. Right, they're they're busy caring for patients; they don't have time to necessarily spread the word to the masses. So I think we can play a role, and I think there's also technology. Ultimately, can support women in um, understanding whether or not they're eligible for hormone therapy and if it's right for them. And I'm sure Dr. Fabian want to chat a little bit more about the role that clinic has played um, in moving that initiative forward.
2: Yes, absolutely. I think. Uh, you're right about that. I think technology is playing a role, but I think also um, this generation of women is a little bit different and they're not willing to accept suffering uh, with no no potential solutions. So I think women are part of driving this forward and um, and also it's a big market. Um, So women contribute significantly to the global economy and uh, women in their 50s are primary drivers of a a lot of uh, uh, these dollars. And so I think they're, they're also speaking with their wallets, which is important. Um, but yeah, so overall, um, you know, Mayo Clinic is contributing as we're, um, can we are collaborating with Lisa health and, and getting our knowledge and know-how into the midday app and offering, um, women with symptoms, solutions that, you know, not everybody is, uh, is a candidate for or would want to use hormone therapy for symptoms, but for those that are, uh, we're offering that as a solution. And we're also offering to any woman who would be seen at Mayo Clinic the opportunity for a virtual visit with one of our menopause experts.
1: You know, if we could take it one step back with, Anne, you are the CEO and founder of Lisa Health, and you have worked in the world of femtech and women's health for a long time. How did the midday app come about, and how did it connect with
3: Mayo to become a joint effort? Sure. Well, so I've been in healthcare technology my whole career and always at that intersection of using advanced technology to better understand complex conditions and improve outcomes and access to care. And along the way, I did do a lot of work in women's health and high-risk pregnancy, preterm birth and fertility. So when I decided to start my own company, I, you know, what was more interesting to me is what's happening with women 40 plus, and it was reflective of my own life stage. But it also just happened to coincide with my own menopause transition and, you know, experiencing firsthand, you know, how difficult it can be uh, to access menopause specialists to find solutions um, that are science backed and evidence based for the symptoms I was having. So I really just I just became incredibly passionate um, that this life stage for women need to, needed to be transformed. And I fundamentally believe that, you know, technology, while there's many, many solutions coming into market, and I think that's wonderful. I think technology is really the great sort of transformational change that we need because we are never going to be able to train the number of um you know, healthcare clinicians, right? Uh, you know, I think we can make a good run at it, but I think it'll take quite some time. And I think this is a perfect use case for digital health technology to step in and bridge that gap for what is literally over a billion menopausal women around the world.
0: What can a woman expect if she uh, becomes part of the midday app, or if she goes on and joins And what What can she expect from the
3: midday app? Sure. Well, Midday is an uh, app that uses artificial intelligence and precision therapeutics to really personalize the experience for each woman. not a one size fits all because they do think that women understand that they are all unique and that they want to have... Um, a menopause journey that's reflective of that uniqueness. So when you come into the app, you know, we immediately help you understand where you're at in your menopause journey. it's probably the number one question that women have is what stage am I in? And we have a science backed algorithm that's highly granular that can tell them that, and then helps them to track their progression. So they're not blindsided, you know, they'll always know what's coming next uh, and then we provide uh, therapeutic support um, as a broad range from holistic strategies to uh, virtual care and access to a Mayo Clinic specialist. And then of course, you know, many women are hormone therapy curious. So we do have in the app um, a tool that Mayo Clinic developed that helps them understand whether or not they're a candidate for hormone therapy and provides that essential uh, education uh, that women need. And then, of course, we have lots of other features and functions in the app, everything from education to products. It's designed to be a platform that's really just your one stop for all of your menopause and healthy aging needs.
1: Why did the Mayo Clinic want to collaborate with Midday specifically?
2: Yes, thank thanks for asking that. Um, you know, I think uh, Mayo Clinic, we, we did explore options with a number of different, um, companies and, uh, Lisa health really was the best fit for us. Um, in that, uh, we've shared the same values and goals in terms of really wanting to help women and do it in a, in an evidence, um, based way. Uh, So we really wanted to provide good quality care or education uh, to women. And so that was really important to us. Um, So it uh, has been a a great collaboration and we hope it will continue. And we're looking at several different aspects, including, um, you know, learning from what we're doing and finding and, and advancing things based on those results. So
1: one of the things I thought was fascinating was that you're connecting wearable devices like the Fitbit, to actually be able to discover when women are having their hot flashes and address them almost instantly can you talk a little bit more about that aspect of midday
3: sure so that's one of the benefits of technology and you know ai and technology is that you can identify these biomarkers in the case of menopause hot flashes is you know it's the number one biomarker you know 80% of women will have them for 7 to 9 years for many women, are very bothersome, for some even debilitating, um, and why hormone therapy may be an option for some of them. Understanding and having a baseline um, insight into your hot flash patterns for both women and clinicians is extremely valuable. And so we have, we're the first to develop a novel algorithm that can detect hot flashes in real time. And that allows us to um, support women in in the moment with coping strategies, but then also put her on a path to other um, evidence-based therapeutic support, you know, whether that is cognitive behavioral therapy uh, to virtual care and the option to to explore hormone therapy or other prescription options. It really now gives women insights. They'll also understand their triggers of hot flashes, can introduce behavioral modifications. And then again, that data is really valuable for clinicians who up till now are really flying blind with a lot of these symptoms. It's all self-reported. Right. And so I've heard from many, many physicians, even top experts, that if they just had a date, you know, it would help them to be more um, sort of supportive in their recommendations to women. Uh, and then also you can track whether or not, you know, a particular therapeutic convention actually is doing what it's intended to. Um, and you can make changes in that strategy much more quickly. So it allows women to get that relief much faster and have objective insights and therapeutic support.
0: You know, you started to answer a question that I was going to ask. Um, There are alternatives to hormone replacement, and you were talking in there about cognitive behavior therapy. Um, Any other things that uh, we can do to help women that maybe, and you can even add to, um, you know, reasons why you couldn't go on hormone replacement therapy? What are your options there?
2: So there are a number of strategies that have uh, been shown to work, and there are many that have... And shown not to work so and there's a lot that we just don't have data on um, so as dan mentioned cognitive behavioral therapy is one of those um uh, sort of behavioral treatments that actually does have level one evidence to support it. So cognitive behavioral therapy, hypnosis is another. Um, and so you know, some of the limitations have been lack of access to these things, but um, things like the app will help provide access to cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, There are medications that are prescription therapies that are non-hormonal. There's only one available that's actually FDA approved and that's paroxetine um, at a lower dose than is available for antidepressants. but there are also a couple of other things. There's gabapentin, uh, there's oxybutin, and there's a couple of others. So um, you know, all medications have potential side effects. And so what we try to do is um, optimize management of the symptom, which in most cases is hot flashes and night sweats, but also see if we can do double duty with some of these drugs, like, for example, the SSRIs and SNRIs might also So with anxiety and depression symptoms, Um, the gabapentin might also help with um, sleep because one of the side effects is it makes you sleepy. So it can be taken at night. Um, and then oxybutynin is a bladder drug and helps with the overactive bladder. So for those women who also have overactive bladder symptoms, it might be helpful. So we try to do, we try to manage the hormonal medications, which are typically a lot less effective than estrogen for management of hot flashes and balance that with some of the other things that other benefits that women might be able to get from them. Things like all the the supplements and that sort of thing. There's really not a lot of evidence that any over the counter supplements have a significant effect. Um, S equal is a derivative of soy, and there's some promising in you know initial data there, but but more study is needed on that. But for the most part, um, vitamins and supplements and that sort of thing are are not terribly helpful.
1: That's important for our listeners to hear because they ask us so often, what about this supplement? Well, I saw this on the shelf in CVS. Can I take that? Is it going to help? They're willing to do almost anything just to be able to function, whether it be at work or at home or in life. Because sometimes these hot flashes or, or night sweats, it's affecting right. their life.
2: You know, a couple of other interesting points on that: exercise has not been shown to help with hot flashes, and so it's it pull for pretty much everything else, um, but, but not so much for hot flashes. On the other hand, um, diet. Uh, there, there's even a recent study that uh, has come out on dietary and a uh, whole food, plant-based um, diet that is rich in soy. Um, seems to have some benefit for hot flashes. So there may be some dietary modification and not only lose weight, but also manage hot flashes.
1: So I read something about an NK3 inhibitor that's an FDA trial right now that might be non-hormonal, but help with hot flashes. Can you talk about those?
2: Yes, yeah, so they, they, there's a whole class of medication called the NK3 uh, inhibitors, and they affect a, a brain pathway in the hypothalamus that is believed to be responsible for hot flashes, and there have been several in development over the last few years. None have made it to market so, so far, um, but this one, um has a, has a date with the FDA in February of 2023, and so we'll see if it, um, it achieves FDA approval. If it does, it will be um, a, a first-in-class um, medication that addresses hot flashes at the level of the brain. Um, it, more data is needed to see what other benefits or actually, you know, what other risks it might bring with it. Um, so far, it appears to be uh, safe and well tolerated. And um, but the, you know, the effects on the heart and the bone and sexual function, you know, like we we know those about estrogen, we don't know those those things about this drug yet. So um, additional study will be needed. But it, it it does appear to to relieve hot flashes. Uh, for a significant proportion of women
1: for our listeners we hear the term estrogen and they really don't know that there's several different kinds of estrogen in our body and can you talk about when it comes to hormone replacement therapy is there consideration to what estrogen is it just estradiol or there are other options
2: Um, we just call, call it hormone therapy and we drop the term replacement because we're not actually trying to replace what the body used to make. Um, We are just trying to manage symptoms. So I think that's actually a key point. The only uh, people in which we would call it replacement um, would be those women who, for example, would have their ovaries out at at an age before the natural age of menopause. So like a 30-year-old who has her ovaries out. We are actually trying to replace what her ovaries used to make in a 30-year-old. And we would try to replace that until she would have reached the natural menopause age around the age of 52 or so. But for those women who are in their 50s and using estrogen as a postmenopausal menopausal uh, treatment option for management of symptoms, we do not call it replacement therapy. So what estrogen to use, there are many, as you mentioned, a couple of different types of estrogen. There's estradiol, which is what our bodies used to primarily make um, before menopause. After menopause, their bodies mainly make estrone, which is E1. we um, don't use E1 and it's not FDA approved as a, as a hormone treatment. So we use E2 estradiol. Um, but there's also conjugated equine estrogen source, e, um, which uh, has been marketed in the past under the name Premarin. Um, that, that is also very effective. It's available as an oral medication and so that that is also an option for some women. And it's it's not that we can de- definitively say that one is superior to the other. And in fact, um, CEE, given um, in the Women's Health Initiative trials, did not show an increased risk of breast cancer in those women that did not have a uterus so had a hysterectomy and did not require a progestin with it. And an 18-year follow-up showed a significant decrease in the incidence of breast cancer and a decrease in breast cancer mortality. So that drug is actually being explored. As, as a treatment option uh, for women with ductal carcinoma in situ. Um, so more to come on that, You know, these are very different compounds and I appreciate the fact that you brought up the fact that not all hormone therapy is the same and we shouldn't put it all in one bucket as the same entity because these things are very different. Or
3: underscores the importance of you know, having, a, having a conversation with a menopause specialist, one who's trained, Um, and understands these different options so that women really have a full understanding and they can go into that decision-making process with all of the information to make the right choice.
0: Are hot flashes and cold sweats keeping you up at night or affecting your confidence by day? You're not alone. One thing we found to provide immediate relief is Become Menopause Clothing, clinically proven to help keep you cooler and drier through night sweats and hot flushes. The patented anti-flush technology and becomes sleepwear, clothing, and undies not only cools the skin, but wicks away moisture and helps regulate body temperature. I've been wearing one of their nightgowns to bed, and my sleep has greatly improved. I also layer their tops to keep cool when I'm working on the podcast or when I'm out and about. They also make leak-proof panties for irregular bleeding and urinary incontinence two more pesky symptoms of the perimenopause. Check them out at becomeclothing.com and save up to 30%. Plus, they're offering free shipping to the U.S. and the U.K. And, and women that do have their ovaries still, that haven't had a hysterectomy, if they are given um, either form of estrogen, they are given progesterone. Is that, and is that for the if they
2: have If they have a uterus, um, any woman at any time needs a progestogen. So the progestogen overall category, it can be a progesterone, Mm -hmm. which is the, the quote unquote natural form. That's what your body used to make um, or it can be a progestin and that is the synthetic, a synthetic variety. And there are many of those available on the market. So we call the general category progestogen. Um, and yes, any woman with a uterus needs to have that along with estrogen because estrogen by itself in women with a uterus can cause overgrowth of the lining of the uterus. Um, and so the progestogen is needed to, to counteract that.
1: Another thing we find with a lot of our listeners and women who write into us, they either see a physician that they're not comfortable with or has not been properly educated, and we will say to them, have you looked up the North American Menopause Society? There is a list of doctors that could be recommended, and they're like, what's that? They don't even know these options, and we kind of want to screen them from the rooftop. And then you bring Lisa Help and Midday, which now you're connecting Mayo Clinic, one of the top. Clinical, you know centers Medical, yes. in the country mm-hmm. how do we get the word out to women of these options that are available because yes in the last two three years we have seen an increase in the dialogue of menopause no doubt but there are still women who cannot get treatment wherever they're located what can we do from our to kind of get the word out about NAMS and midday and Lisa help
3: what you're doing with this podcast which is wonderful it's a wonderful resource to to women and you're clearly approaching it in a way that you know you want women to have science fact credible information and and having people who are top experts on um who also are aligned with you know that um dis- type of dissemination of information and resources so i think we just need to keep saying it over and over i think women will start having conversations with one another and they'll say hey i was listening to this hot, <laughs> this podcast uh and you know they have these top experts on and you know they offer the North American Menopause Society has a great you know, clinician binder um, for people who are certified as menopause specialists, but you also now have these new technology options and you can go to the app store and, you know, search for apps on the app store, including midday. Um, and I think, you know, apps like ours, again, who are aligned with top, you know, medical institutions and experts are, you know, providing these resources as well. And is there a cost to midday to be honest? Sure. Well they can go to the App store and type in midday midDAY. They can also go to our website midday.health and you know just get more information, you know, learn about the company, who's behind it. Um, you know my co-founder, Dr. Max De um, is one of the top uh, you know experts in menopause sleep wearable technology. Um, and we have an incredible advice report to um, experts that we work with. Um, So, you know, women go, and and I think they should go to, you know, the websites of these organizations that they're thinking about interacting with and find out, you know, exactly who is behind it and do they have any um, credible, uh, you know, experts or institutions that they're collaborating with. I personally have always collaborated with top organizations and experts because I think that to... To put a solution in market, particularly for a very complex condition like, or or menopause is a life stage, not a condition, but for a particularly complex life stage like menopause, it does require partnerships um, between the top experts, uh, rather than you know other folks sort of approaching it from maybe a less, you know, science or expert based way. So they can go to the app store, they can go to midday.health. Um, we offer uh quarterly and annual subscriptions. So the quarterly subscription is about $9.99 a month, or you can opt for an annual subscription, which is $78. And that's about $6.50 a month. So you get four months free.
1: Dr. Mm-hmm. Fabian, you know, with so many brands now coming out on the market, claiming to help with menopausal symptoms, it it can be kind of overwhelming for women and and a little dangerous because they don't know what to look for. How, what is your opinion on what's happening now? Because now all of a sudden there's this market of billions of dollars to be made and women who are looking for help. What number one is your opinion on that? Number two, what can women do to protect themselves from trying stuff they really shouldn't?
2: Yes, yeah, great question. So. I think options are good for women, right? So let's make no mistake about that. Options are good, and having this kind of attention on menopause and menopause management, and the symptoms uh, that women have, and the suffering that's occurring, um, it is important. And I'm glad it's there. Um, but it also raises the possibility that women can be taken advantage of. In that there's a there's a lot of stuff being marketed that that is frankly a little snake oilish and um, and I think women need to be savvy consumers and they need to have um, some good re- resources available to them like mayoclinic.org um, or the North American Menopause Society um, that can offer them uh, information on what, what there's evidence to support. So, so is this supplement supported by data? Um, or is this product that I'm looking at supported by data? And I need to ask those hard questions before they just shell out money for a product that looks shiny on the outside. So buyer beware, I think is the point
1: that clinicians are going to start getting more continuing education on menopause now that it's becoming more mainstream in questions women are not as hesitant I think to ask the questions they need to know when they go to their doctors I
2: hope I hope so I <laughs> sincerely hope so um, but but you know um, I, I understand that providers really have, Limited resources um, and and the continuing medical education is everything from how do I treat a foot fungus to how do I deal with heart disease to what blood pressure guidelines are out there today. So it's a lot of information that people are trying to keep up with. Um, so I get it. Um, but this is an important part of the global demographic, over 51% of the global demographic, which 100% of them will go through this life transition. And I think providers need to see the woman in front of them as a menopausal woman. And we encountered that in our study that we did back in 2018, where providers, the residents, weren't, they said, I don't care for menopausal women. And I was like, but you do Um, because half your patients are women and most of your patients in your panels are over 50. So they're not even seeing the woman in front of them as a menopausal woman, which is part of the problem, right? And so you're, if you're not even looking at the person in front of you as potentially having some of these things that are going on, then how are you going to address that? Especially if the visit's 15 minutes long.
3: Well, I think there's a couple of things that have, Created that that issue of women not being seen um, as menopausal. I think maybe there's been a bit of a disservice to women by not acknowledging their symptoms earlier in the journey, right? So the definition of, you know, when you start perimenopause, and Dr. Fabian, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, menstrual cycle regularity, but We've had some recent research by uh, Nina Kozlov and other um, top menopause researchers who are showing like, no, women are actually having symptoms much earlier. And I think that's part of the disconnect and that we need clinicians to understand that. I think that's, you know, should be a top priority is to reorder them about, you know, what are the signs and symptoms of menopause the menopause transition starting for women so that they don't feel dismissed because I hear over and over and over when when they said, no, you're still having regular periods. You're not in perimenopause, right? So they have that feeling that they're being dismissed. Um, And then they go on this like, you know, several years now sort of trial and erroring their way through managing what they may or may not realize are symptoms of perimenopause. Um, And then generally, you know, Uh, taking things that are not helpful and may in fact even be harmful Mm -hmm. you just described my journey (laughs) (laughs) i've heard it many 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 times we we, uh, all
2: have
0: yeah, yeah i think that's really what You know, ever since this, I think like 42, when symptoms started for me, I I had no idea that my cycles would be so heavy. I didn't know what was happening. And I talked with my siblings, I talked with my friends, and they were all, you know, said, yeah, we didn't realize this was going to happen to us. We didn't at that time talk about that. But the more I talk and the more I learn and Colleen and I got together with doing this, it's amazing what we've learned through the whole time, but yeah. And you just described
1: what happened to me. (laughs) Yeah. What do you say um, to women who are now past that 12 month mark? And we recently did an interview where we, you know, it was said that, okay, after 12 months, now we're concerned with, if you have bleeding, it could be something other than menopause. So I think women think, Oh, 12 months, all the symptoms go away, but now you have, you know, cardiovascular issues, bone issues, Can you address a little bit about what, if Midday is going to be addressing that, or what the doctor should start really understanding about it?
3: Well, I'll tackle it from the Midday perspective. So ever since I started this company, for me, it wasn't just about menopause. It was about menopause and healthy aging. I think menopause is this incredible sort of wedge in or window of time when women are typically highly activated to understand what's happening with their bodies. They're very motivated to... um, uh, you know, undertake you know various uh, behavioral strategies or other things to manage symptoms, and that oftentimes tends to be you know very preventative, right, from a aging perspective. Whether it's you know cardiovascular, bone, brain, uh, so I think it's a really incredible opportunity for us to get women um, on a healthy aging path. You know, I I, uh, I always cite this alarming statistic that by age 55, uh, 80% of women have at least one chronic disease and 55% have two. I think we should be ringing alarm bells like crazy and really assessing risk and, and offering preventative care much, much earlier in the journey, especially since we're now starting to understand that symptoms of menopause are... are um, chronic disease and at a minimum are
2: exacerbating those symptoms. Yeah, excellent points. Um, a, a couple of things. So once when, when you're 12 months without a does all those symptoms stop suddenly. Um, so so we know that the mean duration of hot flashes is about seven to nine years and that um, uh, a third of women will hot flash water severely for a decade or longer. So so, this is not just a short term problem. It's all over when you have your last menstrual period and you've been 12 months without a period. Um, but as Ann mentioned, my we're increasingly recognizing as a, a period of uh, increased cardiovascular risk. And so, um, it's it, it's a it's a time where all women undergo this increased risk. So the menopause transition. So for example, if you took a 48 year old woman who is menopausal and a 48 year old woman who is not menopausal, the one who's menopausal is going to have a higher risk than the one who isn't. Um, And so, uh, we know that a lot of things change around that time. We tend to gain a little bit of weight. Um, our lipids tend to look worse. So our back all goes up, our blood goes down, our sugar starts to go up, our blood pressure starts to go up. And so all of these changes contribute to cardiovascular risk, which is the number one killer of women. Um, we also know that those who hot flash um, more severely or more persistently across the menopause transition have a higher risk of heart disease. We don't necessarily think the hot flashes are causing heart disease, but they might be a marker for those women who are at increased risk later on. So it's really important for women to not only just manage symptoms during this time, but to really take them and understand what their longer term risks are for heart disease in particular, but also looking at bone health and brain health and and other things.
1: And thank you so much. We're actually going to see Ann in about an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And Dr. Fabian, thank you so much for um, yeah, yeah, everything, just everything. This was incredible. And we we appreciate your time because we know you're very busy.
0: Well, we would like to thank Dr. Fabian and Anne Garnier for being on our show today. It was so fascinating, interesting, and important to learn about the latest updates from NAMS, from the North American Menopause Society, and to find out how midday health is In conjunction with Mayo Clinic, doing all of these things with artificial intelligence and technology to really help women in our demographic. If we had had this stuff, so, you know, when I was going through perimenopause, menopause, how helpful that would be. And I'm so grateful that there are people out there, professionals out there, ready to help women when these needs are there. And just like uh, we've always talked about, is that women in our demographic spend so much money that we need to be marketed to. And I'm just really grateful that they are creating these things that are going to be helpful for us. You know, often, so often, I, I really would bet, I don't know any statistics on this, but I bet that our demographic is the most overlooked in healthcare you know we're not having babies anymore first of all we're women second of all we're <laughs> strike not <at> the, one like <laughs> one more women um we're not you know at that age where we're going through puberty we're not having children anymore you know some of us might be if you're that you know kind of that as we cause 55
1: the, please yeah you're you're Just hopefully
0: you're not but you might think my you God. but we're not at that age where we're needing obstetrics care we need gynecological care. We need care for these symptoms that we are going through, for perimenopause, menopause, just some relief because it's not a disease. We're all going to go through it. But I'm just really grateful that this is being acknowledged and women are out there doing things to try to help other women. So I'm just grateful for that. I'm
1: so thankful that they shared their expertise and knowledge with us today. Make sure you enter the giveaway for our fourth and final bundle, which is Skin and Beauty. We wish all of you the best of luck with that. So whoever randomly wins, we will let you know. Have a great week, guys, and we will talk to you next time.
0: Bye.